0: I wonder if we could turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14. Matthew's uh, Gospel, chapter 14. We're going to read from verse 15 this evening. The Gospel of uh, Matthew, chapter 14. And beginning our reading at verse 15 of the chapter. And when it was evening... His disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals." But uh, Jesus said unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled, and they took up of the fragments that remained twelve baskets full. And they that had eaten were about five thousand men, beside women and children. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea... They were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out in for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, He was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased, and they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret, And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent him out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing again to the reading of his precious word. Let's just unite at the throne of grace in prayer. Our loving and our gracious God We turn to thee afresh in our Saviour's precious name. We thank thee for the uh, word that we have read. We thank thee for those that uh, touched the hem of thy garment and were made perfectly whole. And our Father, we thank thee for the picture that we have here of Peter and the way that thou didst save him out of the depths of the, the sea. And we thank thee, Lord, for the fact that thou didst uh, save sinners from the depths of their sin. And so, our God, we pray that thou wouldst be with us at the end of our meeting. Bless as we take up thy word. Might thy word have free course and be glorified again tonight. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen. Amen. Now, the Lord Jesus here had gone into the mountain apart. He had just fed a multitude of people. Uh, with uh, a little bit of food here, and we read that they were all filled. And he sent the disciples away, wanted them to go before him to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, while he sent the multitudes away. And then he went up into a mountain to pray, and we find that he prayed all night, because uh, we read how that it was evening, it says in verse uh, 23, uh, that he went into up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was there come, he was there alone. So he was there before it became evening at the setting of the sun. He was already there. Um, and we find that he comes walking upon the water to the disciples, it tells us, uh, in the fourth watch of the night. Now, that must mean that um, the Lord Jesus... Uh, must have been uh, maybe six hours in prayer up on the mountain. He was a long time up on the mountain in prayer, and he comes in the fourth watch. The fourth watch is about four o'clock. Evening um, probably is about six o'clock, so it, it maybe even was longer than that, that the Lord, eight hours, the Lord Jesus was in prayer. And we find that now as the Lord Jesus comes, that the disciples were in difficulty. They had gone out into the Sea of Galilee, and when they'd gone out into the middle of the sea, uh, the great storms that are very prominent and very uh, common on the Sea of Galilee began to blow, and the winds began to whip up the waves, and the waves were beating against the vessel, and they were tossing the little fishing boat that the disciples were in up and down, so much so that they became afraid. Now again, these are uh, experienced fishermen. They are seafarers. They know what to do with a boat. And yet here was such a troubling uh, storm that they're becoming very uh, desperate and they are in danger of their lives. But then in the midst of their danger, we find that the Lord Jesus comes to them. And we read that he comes to them walking on the water. And we're told that when they saw the figure, perhaps, out in the midst of the sea, in the midst of the waves and the bellows and the spray, they can only see a figure at first. And they can see clearly that the figure is walking on the water. And it says that they were troubled. Now, it's not a bit wonder that they were troubled. The word troubled there means an inward turmoil. It means that they were uh, absolutely scared out of their wits, and they thought that they had seen a spirit or some kind of ghost, uh, that it was something that was overcome. It's certainly overcoming the natural laws of nature because uh, nobody walks on the water naturally. But we find that the Lord Jesus immediately moves to comfort the man. He says, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And the Lord knows about our fears, and the Lord moves to help our fears. And when we're fearful, thank God for the comfort and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then we notice what Peter does in the midst of this. In verse 28, we read, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water. So Peter wanted to come and be with the Lord Jesus He knew that that would mean that he too would have to walk on the water. He said, Lord, bid me come unto thee on the water. So here's a man of faith, a man who is bold. And you think of the boldness of Peter to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord does bid him come. The Lord says that he should come to him. And Peter gets out of the boat and he looks at the Lord And he is bold enough to step out onto the waves. And at first he walks on the water. And then he becomes uh, full of the view of the water and the waves and all that's taking place. And he begins to sink beneath the waves. And he is going now to be rescued. And you know, I think here that in many ways we have a parable. Because... We're going to take the story out of context a little bit, but yet when we see the picture of Peter here and the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ comes to save him, my, what a wonderful picture that is of the sinner in this day. And you notice what Peter says. He says, Lord, save me. And that's the prayer that you need to pray tonight. If you're outside of Christ, You know, sometimes we tell you to come to Christ. Sometimes the preacher will say you need to be washed in the blood of the Lamb or you need to look to Christ by faith. And all of that just means that what you need to do is cry out in your sin and recognizing that you're a sinner, recognizing that you're sinking, cry out to God, Lord, save me. And if you'll come, you can come with that simple prayer. But if you'll come tonight to the Lord Jesus Christ and cry, Lord, save me, then the Lord will certainly reach down and lift you out of the waves and the billows of sin and turmoil and the uh, waves and billows of uh, distress and uh, trial. And he will save you by his grace and by his mercy tonight. So we're going to lift it a little bit out of context here. Peter was a saved man. But nevertheless, as we look at the portion of Scripture, I want you to see Peter, and I want us to take this as a sort of parallel or parable or picture of the sinner and what God does to those that are sinking deep in sin. And first of all, I want you to see then Peter in this portion of Scripture, and I want you to see him as a sinking man. Here was Peter, he would got out of the boat, he's standing on the water, he takes the few steps and begins to walk on the water. But look then at verse 30, it says, But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. So here he is, he's sinking beneath the waves, he's in danger of perishing, no doubt he's a swimmer, he's able to swim but even the very fact of the uh, monstrous waves that are uh, flooding and beating against him, and he knows that he cannot stay there very long, he's in danger of death. He's about to die here in the midst of the waves. And there you see the great picture of the sinner in these days. I want you to see a number of things about him. You know, he's faltering. He takes a few steps, but now He's faltering. And as he falters, that's when he begins to sink. And I want to say to you tonight, maybe you have heard the voice of God. The Lord Jesus said to Peter, Come unto me. The, Peter said, Bid me come to, unto thee on the water. And in the midst of his attempts to get to the Lord Jesus Christ, here he is, and he's sinking. And I'm thinking about you tonight. Maybe... In the past, you have made steps to get to the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe in the past, you have come to meetings and in your mind and in your heart, you have said, oh, I do need to get saved. I do need to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And yet, as you have made steps, you've sunk. You've never come to that point where you have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe gospel meetings you can think about in the past. Or maybe sometimes you have cleaned up your life a little bit. Or you've said you've determined that you're going to read the Bible. You're going to lead a religious life. You're going to attend meetings. And you've made steps in your life to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you've done it in your own strength. The Lord says, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. And you know that's been attractive to you. And you've recognized that you do need to come. You know, you're saying, oh, I will come uh, to know the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior sometime. And I would say that there are quite a number of people, uh, and they have uh, uh, done that in some sense. Cleaned up their language, done things, began to clean up their lives in order to make steps to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as it were, you've come in the right direction. You're uh, coming to Christ. Your thought is, I'm going to come to Christ sometime. But as you've made the steps, trusted in yourself, somewhere along the line you've fallen. Somewhere along the line uh, you have been caught out. Somewhere along the line those sins that dominate your life have entered in, and you're still uh, in your sin tonight. You're still on the road, To a lost eternity. And you're sinking. Even though at some time you've made steps to come to Christ. Even at some time you've been uh, filled with conviction of sin. And had a determination. You're sinking beneath the waves of sin and destruction. And you're dying in your sin. And we see Peter faltering. Then I want you to see Peter frightened. What was it that stopped Peter on the way? Well, we're told the narrative says that when he saw the wind boisterous, you know, the devil is a master at sending distractions, sending things that will frighten people, sending all sorts of uh, notions into the mind and heart in order to get people and stop them looking to the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, as soon as Peter stopped Looking to Christ. You know, in your determination, you said, I look to Christ. And then you looked elsewhere. And other things entered in and began to distract you and to get your attention. And those things were the things that stopped you coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. You were frightened by those things. Maybe you were frightened by social respectability. Well, the devil said, if you get right with God, you'll not be with the in crowd. You'll not be in your group of friends. Your group of friends are those who are outside of Christ, have no time for the things of God. You know that they would mock you if you came and trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and in a sense of social respectability. You know it's not respect, it never has been respectable to be a true Christian. But in this day and generation, they look upon us as immoral. They look upon us as those that are living in the Stone Age at times, in the 17th century, they would like to say, but dear friend, your friends may laugh you into hell, but they'll never laugh you out of it. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You can't take your soul, you can't take... Uh, You you can't uh, ignore the salvation of your precious soul. What about the riches of heaven tonight? Oh, what riches there are that the Lord Jesus Christ gives to those that trust in him. And I wonder tonight, is it the wind of respectability that is blowing you and causing you to think that's filled your vision tonight? Maybe it's the wind of religion. You know there are many people because of the religion or because of their church will not come to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know as God was speaking to your heart you thought to yourself well this is not what my church is or what my church teaches and I've been brought up in that church and my family belongs to that church and we've been in that church for generation after generation. I remember a young girl many years ago, and she came to a mission in her Enniskillen church and God was speaking to her heart and speaking to her life. And she went home and she told her father that she wanted to get right with God. And her father told her, he said, you you belong to the church of Ireland. He says, I'm going to forbid you going to that church anymore. And for the sake of religion, for the sake of a church, that little girl... Never went to the meetings again. She was forbidden by her father. Her father stopped her. But maybe it's because of religion. Because of the fact that what we're saying is different. Well, dear friend, what I want you to do is look in the Bible. If it's according to the Scriptures, then that's what you need to take hold of. But not only do I see Peter faltering and Peter frightened, but I want you to see Peter faithless. He was not put in his faith. In the Lord Jesus Christ. He got his eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord is the only Saviour. He's not looking to Christ now, he's looking to the wind. Oh, here was the, the wind or the sea, it was rough, and the disciples were uh, afraid, and they were half the night toiling in the midst of it. And they were only a few miles from the other side of the sea, but they couldn't get there. But my, here they were, and they were afraid. And you know, dear friend, many people, uh, what the uh, gospel preacher is bidding you to do is frightening. It's out of the way. It's different. So many people are caught up in the, uh, just in the rut of the day-by-day experience. And it's frightening to go to something else. Maybe you're older in life tonight. And especially for those that are older in life, you've got a way of going. You have a, a way of running your life and doing things. And to come, the preacher says you need to be a new creature. The preacher says that you need a new life. The preacher says that you need a, a new way of going. And my, that's frightening. It's frightening for people to change. People don't like change. They don't like to be transformed. And that, dear friend, if you don't change... You're heading down the road to a lost eternity. If you don't change, then you are on the course that's going to lead to destruction. You need to change. There needs to be change in your life and in your heart. By here was the wind be, uh, boisterous, filling their view, and the trouble with Peter here is that he got out of the boat and began to see the waves. And maybe that's you tonight. Instead of looking to Christ, look into the Savior. You're looking to all the things around. Well, the hymn writer says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full at His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. It, these other things will not save you. But thank God that the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who can save you. So here is Peter and he is a sinking man. But then I want you to see him, secondly, as a sensible man, because Peter, now in the midst of his difficulties, makes a very sensible decision. You'll notice that he prays in the midst of his need. He cries to the Lord Jesus, and he says, Lord, save me. And there's the prayer. There's the thing that you need to pray to God, if you're in your sin tonight, if you're lost, if you're going down into a lost eternity, then what you need is God's salvation. Lord, save me. And you notice that he went to the right person. He cried, Lord, save me. It wasn't uh, to any other that he went. He didn't call on the, the, the other disciples. To save them, They were there close by. They were just there uh, a stone's throw, a, a foot a step away in the boat. But he didn't cry to them to save him. They were the nearest. But he wasn't looking to them. Because he knew that they couldn't save him. He went to the right person. And dear friend, you've got to go to the right person if you're going to have salvation. Not to your priest or pre- 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 prelate or anybody else. But you've got to go to the one who died on the cross of Calvary. The one who went there and bore our sins in his own body on the tree. He successfully paid the price of our sin. And he's able to lift us out of the miry pit and out of the horrible pit and the miry clay. And he's able to save to the uttermost all that come unto God by him. He cried, it is finished on the cross. He cried, paid and full. And dear friend, if you want salvation, you've got to go to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, save me. Many years ago, there was a notorious communist leader by the name of Papaya. And he was a terror in the villages round about the countryside. And he would go about collecting money from the villagers And he would use force and he demanded with force and with menaces and all the rest. But he was a man who lived by the dictates of the flesh. He was well known for indulging in every sin that you could name. And he was a communist and so he felt himself free to do whatever he wanted. That's why many people are communists or atheists. Because it allows them to do what they want to indulge the flesh. And when you get down to it, that's really the reason. Why they are atheists? Because it means that they can do what they want. They can sin as they please. And Papaya was a a fool to Christianity. He wasn't just a rejecter of Christianity, but he persecuted scores of native Christians and burned hundreds of Bibles. And in July 1978, there were some native evangelists on tour, some American evangelists in the district. They'd got a... uh, some gospel literature from America and they were distributing tracts around the area with the solemn message of the judgment of God and if people continued in their wicked ways then they would have to stand before God and they give out some of these tracts to eight young men from the uh, village or from a distant village. And early on July the 5th these uh, evangelists um, a local native pastor came to them and he, he came to where the evangelists were uh, camping with the news that the notorious communist leader, Papaya, wanted to see them. Now, they knew Papaya by reputation, that he was an opponent of the gospel. He was a persecutor of Christians. Nevertheless, they got down on their knees and they prayed, and they felt that they should go to meet the uh, communist leader. And when they came to meet them, when, when they came to meet them, they found him down on his knees like a child, crying, shaking all over. And they talked to him for two hours and they found that he had got one of these tracts that had been given to the eight young men and he, uh, had, uh, he had been so convicted of his sins that he was just shaking with conviction. And they told him, What you need to do is just do what Peter did. And cry to the Lord. Call upon the Lord for salvation. Say, Lord, save me. And that communist leader came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as a savior that day. He went to the right person. But not only did Peter uh, go to the right person, but he cried for the right thing. He said, Lord, save Lord, save me. He didn't cry, Lord, bless me, or give me all sorts of uh, powers and so on. He didn't cry for that. He said, Lord, save. A whole lot of people don't like the word save. But you know, it's a scriptural word. We think of how it says in Acts 15 11, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved, even as they, for whosoever, the Lord says, shall call Upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a gospel word. Many preachers today reject the word "saved." You never hear hear them talking about being saved. For the Son of Man, here's the uh, here's the uh, mission of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Dear friend, you need to be saved. You need to be saved. We've come short of the glory of God. We're lost. You need to be saved. Lord, save me. That's the right thing. That's what you need to cry for. You need to cry for salvation. And then he uh, was concerned uh, about the right party. He said, Lord, save me. Save me. He was concerned about himself. Not about the person across the way. Not about the drunkard. Not about the immoral uh, woman of the street. He wasn't concerned. His vision wasn't on them. In the midst of his sinking. In the midst of his danger. That's not what he was thinking about. He said, Lord, save me. Save me. Dear friend, there are many around you. And all these friends that you've been thinking about. And all of your companions. But dear friend, what about you? Where will you spend eternity? Where will you be? In eternity. And here's this prayer of the Apostle Peter, and as I say, he, he already was saved. We're taking this as a, a sort of a parable. But my it's a simple prayer, just three words. And as we say, if you pray that pray or pray that prayer and really mean it, dear friend, your sins can be forgiven. The Lord will hear that prayer coming from a heart that is seeking God. God will hear that prayer, and he will save you by his grace. So he's a sinking man, and then he's a sensible man. He prays to God, he cries for the right thing, and he cries about the right person. But then I want you to see, and he's a saved man. Here's the third picture of Peter. He is saved. He was sinking, he was sensible, but now he's saved, Peter made this very direct and urgent request, Lord, save me. And look at what happened. Look at verse 31. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? The Lord was able to meet Peter at the point of his need. He cried, Lord, save me. And that's what the Lord did. And you'll notice that it was a swift answer. The Lord uh, uh, Real, just reached out right there, just then. Lord, save me. And it says, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O oh, thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? There's no delay there. And do you know there's no point in waiting? There's No point in waiting for God's salvation. Uh, you, you need it now. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. We think of how the Bible is full of accounts of men who are changed by the grace of God. You think of Paul and Silas and the Philippian jailer and his question, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And immediately the answer comes, believe, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And we find the story tells us that his household, he and his household are baptized, they are saved by the grace of God. And it was swift. It was immediate. There was a swift answer to his prayer. But there was also a strong answer to his prayer. you notice that the Lord reaches out his hand. That strong hand. That hand that formed the universe. That hand that brought the world into being. That mighty hand. That omnipotent hand. The Lord Jesus Christ reaches out his hand and he reaches us out to you and he's not going to let you go. He's not going to let you perish. My, what a wonderful thing that the Lord reached down and by his strong hand lifted that man right out of the depths of the sea, right out of the place of danger and established him and put his hand upon him. Oh, what a wonderful thing today that the Lord Jesus Christ is able to save to the uttermost. All that come unto God by Him. My Peter, I'm sure was a good swimmer, as we said, but my he was disabled by the water. But the Lord Jesus reached down His mighty hand, and as it were, rolled the sea, the, the the stone away. And dear friend, He's able to save you by His strong hand tonight. He's able to bring you unto Himself. He's able to bring you. To that place of forgiveness. And he will bear you up. In the strong arms. Of salvation tonight. Will you come to him. Will you trust him. As your saviour. Will you bring yourself. To know the Lord Jesus Christ. As your saviour. Tonight. Oh what a wonderful thing. If God was to save you. Oh will you come. Will you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Many years ago, there was a terrible storm at sea. Threatened every minute that the boat was going to be um, disabled and the waters were going to flood into the boat, that the boat was going to sink. And during the terrible storm, one of the ship's crew was doing something On the deck, and the sea swept over and swept him into the sea with such a force that he was borne overboard and uh, away from the ship. And he was a good swimmer, but the waves again were uh, threatening to overcome him, and he could do nothing. And the captain, the people said to the captain, Man, overboard. And as they cried, the captain said, There's nothing that we can do. He said, The winds and the waves are so strong that if I try to turn the boat back, it'll capsize the boat and we'll all drown. He says, I forbid you to put the boat over, the, the the small boat there, it's too small, you'll all perish. He said, I am saying we need to sail on. And so here they were in the midst of the plunging uh, storm and all the rest of it. And the man out was, was dying and someone said, well, he said, I will go. He said, I will swim. And he said, if I perish, I perish. But he said, both me and the man will perish. But he says, I've got to do something. And so the man jumped overboard and began to swim with all his might, And he was a good swimmer, but it was overcoming him. But he struggled on. He got to the man, began to pull him back to the boat. And as they came near to the boat, the captain then did let down. The small boat, in order to bring them up into the boat. And by his might and by his power, this man saved his calling. My dear friend, here was a man, a swimmer with compassion, a, 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 a swimmer that saved his calling, who was not going to be overcome by the circumstances or anything else, but reached out and saved his calling. In a greater fashion, the Lord Jesus Christ will save you. He has compassion. He loves us with an everlasting love. He's the God of love and mercy. And he reaches out to you, dear sinner. He puts out that strong arm, that saving arm, in the midst of the maelstrom of the storms of life, In the midst of the distresses and cares and uh, all the things that you face day by day, He's reaching out that strong arm. In the midst of your guilt of sin, He reaches out the strong arm. Take it by faith. Will you take it by faith? Will you trust Him tonight? Will you call upon Him for salvation and mercy? The hymn writer said, Hold down my hand, so weak I am and helpless. I dare not take one step without thy aid. Hold thou my hand. For then, O loving Saviour, no dread of ill, shall make my soul afraid. Peter said, Lord, save me. Will you cry the same tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ might save you and save you for all eternity? Let's just bow In a word of prayer. And if God has spoken to you tonight, then will you come and cry unto God, Lord, save me. Our loving God and our gracious Father, we thank thee for thy precious word again tonight. And we pray that thou wouldst use that word to the salvation of the lost and bring men and women to that place where they will cry unto thee for mercy and for salvation. May the cry go up tonight, Lord, save me. Bless thy word and be with us now as we continue in our meeting. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen. We're going to sing a closing hymn tonight, the hymn 279. But could I reiterate what I've said? Get in contact with us. Maybe on the internet you can uh, send us a message. But do come. And trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Saviour. 279, pass me not, O gentle Saviour, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. We'll stand again as we sing this hymn.
1: Pass me not, O gentle Merit. would I see Thy face? Heal my wounded, broken spirit. Save me by Thy.
0: Father, we pray that thou wouldst not pass sitters by, but draw them to thyself by thy grace. Part us in thy fear and with thy blessing now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with thy people both now and in the incoming days. For Jesus' sake, amen.